maximize your influence. Your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Influence. Steve Olson here with Kurt Mortensen. And as always, we have a guest interview locked and loaded, and this is a good one. We're excited to bring it to you. But first, we need to hear about Kurt's trip to Hollyweird, or Hollywood if you live there is what you call it. The rest of us, uh, not so much, right? Oh, it was good. It was warm. That was nice. The sun was out. Always good to feel the beautiful sun on your face. What I did is a three-day to an unnamed network, one of the big four, which is interesting too, but it seemed like with Hollywood that the money's always kind of like New York City, you know, in some places the money just spends so much faster than you expect. They give you a few hundred dollar allowance every day and <laughs> you're just blowing through tips every 10 minutes. There's always a guy standing there you got to give 20 bucks oh, to. Yeah, it's the tips and then you order your salad. You're like, what? 50 bucks? Was, was there a... <laughs> Ribeye in my cell that I missed, or what's going on yeah. here? And then food service and mandatory valet parking, $52 a day, staying in Beverly Hills. Uh, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> like, I can park my car. Oh, it's mandatory, sir. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll bill you for it. <laughs> but it was good. The people were great. It's always a unique part of the country with the whole movie star shopping, Beverly Hills, Rodeo Drive, Hollywood. It's just a different lifestyle, different mindset, but always good because everyone needs to know how to influence. That's true. That's true. What an interesting part of the country. I think I'm a wanted man in Beverly Hills. I may or may not. I'm, I'm not confirming on the <laughs> air, but I might have some unpaid parking tickets over there. Oh, I think that is their cash cow. I think that's how they pay for it. All these tourists come and they're parking and the sign says Tuesday, but not Wednesday. But if it's an odd day and the moon's full, you can park here But between two and four. But if the traffic light's red, you have to park here. It's like so confusing. It's like they're trying to get you a ticket to make their extra... 20 million off those tourists. Yeah, you have those streets. Your textbook, Beverly Hills Street, is that long street going up to the mountain with the nice tall palm trees on each side and the mm-hmm. little bungalows built in the 1940s. But the parking is more secure than a maximum security prison. I mean, it, those meter maids parachute out of the sky <laughs> if you try to park on one of those streets. Yeah, I think they carry some rather large weapons, too, so <laughs> you better not go back until you find out if you paid that ticket or not. I've been staying away from Beverly. I'll, <laughs> I'll stay over in L.A., the, you know, 50 feet over in Los Angeles territory instead, right? <laughs> That's right. They, they'll, they don't even tow your car. They're going to hide it from you until you pay the cash value of the car to get it out. Yeah. Well, Los Angeles is 50 feet away and $500,000 away. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Gotta love real estate. Well, you did your three-day training to one of the big four networks, and now if you just watch which one of the big four gets the highest ratings is on is on top of the world, you'll know which one Kurt trained for. Hey, there we go. I like that. Just keep your eye on the increased ratings. On the increased, yeah. And if it's not, then we'll just never bring this up again. <laughs> 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 okay, cool, cool. Well, We've got an article and we've got a ninja before we get to our guest interview for the day. Kurt, why don't you take it away, give us a little Steve Urkel snort laugh, and tell us about verbal abuse to motivate workers and how it can backfire. Shocking. All right, here's Urkel. (laughs) Not necessarily the most shocking article like you mentioned, but 
A new study suggests that tough love, that managerial strategy is ineffective in the workplace. And it gets people, here's the key that's interesting, it gets people more likely to act out at work. And this comes from the San Francisco State University. And they just looked at that, kind of that aggressive boss, using that tough love to motivate. And it did lead to counterproductive behavior, lost work, theft, some interesting things that started to happen. So they looked at 268 full-time employees, and they took that from a pool of over 80,000 people. And they used a variety of different jobs. And most people have been there over nine years. And they were looking at supervisors that, that would put down employees or ridicule them in public and basically try to hurt people's feelings or use that what they call motivational abuse in the workplace. Now, the workers saw this abuse as a kind of a violation. It was interesting to see with that loss in productivity that the supervisors kept doing it and kept doing it. And they would target these people, and they would try to motivate them with this aggressive behavior, putting them down. And again, when that happened, these employees were more likely to engage in some strange behaviors and they couldn't figure that part out necessarily. They just knew there was a direct correlation from these negative, aggressive behaviors. Now, it could be venting. It could be a coping mechanism. But I'm a big believer, too, that if you push somebody in a corner, you'll get some short-term compliance. But there's going to be long-term resentment. There's going to be rebellion. There's going to be strange things done to the boss's coffee, which they have caught people doing. And the interesting thing is, is the... Bosses know this. Deep down, they know this, but it, I think it's the only tool they have using this military motivation, this military management, getting in people's face, being really aggressive is easy. It works for the short term, and I think a lot of these people just don't have those influence or leadership tools to really motivate people in the right way. Yeah, I think that we can all agree that I tend to bring up the movie Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross on the show way too much, uh, but <laughs> that do you think that's going to stop me? I don't think so. Because that's a pretty famous, if you're in sales, a lot of salespeople have watched that because it's so funny to see this horrible motivation that is used by Alec Baldwin in the beginning of the movie that basically uh, there's that famous statement that, hey, first prize in the sales contest is a Cadillac Eldorado. Second prize, a set of steak knives. Third prize is you're fired, right? <laughs> and what does it result in? It results in the whole plot of the movie that these sales guys steal the good leads. They call them the Glenn Gary leads. <laughs> and they steal these because this tactic, this manipulation, this fear gets people to do crazy things. And the last thing it gets them to do is to produce in an honest and most important, a consistent way. You're not going to get any results over the long term by doing these kinds of things. But isn't it funny, Kurt? I think you've felt this, and I felt it too, and we especially feel it with our kids. It's kind of the first thing you want to do. It's that instinct of this person didn't do what I said or they're not complying. I want to yell at them, and I want to put the fear of God into them because that will make them do it. That's instinct, but it's the farthest thing from the truth. There's no doubt it's part of our programming, and it's something that we naturally want to do. And when we do it, it tends to work for the most part for the short term, whether it's with kids or teenagers or in the workplace. That's the danger of it. They see the short-term gain that it works. They did what you asked them to do. They are scared to death. It worked just then. And not counting the long-term, again, resentment and rebellion and things that could happen, but it is. It is part of our programming. And I think part of that, too, is that we've seen so many people do it that it's one of those tools I think we learn from osmosis from our parents and other bosses, do it or you're fired, that it becomes part of our behavior 
and it's just so easy to do. It is right then and there. The the most horrible part of it, though, I think you'll agree, is that if you set that pattern, anytime you want anything done, no matter how small, you've got to make a federal case out of it, and you've got to yell and scream and threaten to get anything done. I know people who would love to live their life that way. There's a few that uh, that's just they get high off of that kind of a thing. <laughs> but for the rest of us normal people, I mean, that just sounds horrible to have to make a total throw a fit every time you want some minor thing accomplished. And that's part of it. There is a little power there. It feels kind of good to where you can yell at somebody and it happens. And you know, it's not a good form of power. It does tend to work. And the challenge, too, is these managers who use this power by yelling and getting angry think they're great leaders because, look, they're doing everything that I say. Yeah. In all the consulting that we've done for small business owners and salespeople and persuaders, I tell people this. Whenever somebody tells me, hey, I'm having this problem, right? This colleague isn't doing what they're supposed to, or this vendor did this. I want to let them have it, right? I want to let them know who the boss is and what's going on. My first question to them always when they say to me, should I do that is, do you ever have to see them again? Because <laughs> if the answer is yes, then don't use that technique because the precedent you're setting and the ill will that you're creating is you're never going to end off better in the long run than you are right now if, if you use that tactic. Yuck. So true. Even in negotiations, you can yell and scream and get your way and prove your point and back them into a corner and show them that they're completely wrong, but you're not going to get any better deal and you're probably going to lose a negotiation or at least not come out to a win-win. Yeah, we've said it before. The man convinced against his wills of the same opinion still. It feels good for about 10 seconds to prove I'm right and you're wrong, but it doesn't move the needle as far as productivity for your business. So, And that's the question the listeners have to ask. Do you want money or do you want to feel good and be right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are your options right there. You can pay people to make you feel good and that you're right when you have money. There you go. So just just try to take that long-term perspective. <laughs> All right, cool. Kurt, cue the ninja. Ninja, bring it on. There we go. Once again, being not politically correct, that is technically a kung fu sound, not a ninja sound. But you'll get over it. You'll be just fine. So there are, there are bigger problems in, in life to have. So I actually met a pretty uh, pretty solid ninja the other day. My wife and I called a Finnish carpenter to our house. Uh, guys, you know, you give your wife a little taste of uh, getting some things done around the house, and it's the whole if you give a mouse a cookie thing. And <laughs> I gave a mouse a cookie. I knew better. You know, I can't complain. I, I did this to myself. So we've got this handyman coming over to the house to evaluate doing a bunch of uh, decorative molding and paneling and yeah, that whole craftsman look that uh, the women are going crazy for right now. So he comes over. Simple guy, Finnish carpenter, and first of all, the way we heard about him, this is ninja point number one, is through a referral from a neighbor. And I know you don't tune into the podcast for me to make completely obvious points to you, but if you can make your business done through referrals, how much headache does it remove from the process, Kurt? Enough? <laughs> Oh, it's huge. Yeah. You want to double, triple your business to start working off referrals, and that's not going to cost you any more money at all. Yeah. And your revolutionary persuasion tip, make sure you're sitting down for the day, is if you want lots of referrals, do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. I know. I know. <laughs> this is a this is a groundbreaking podcast here, but he he's obviously doing a really good job for lots of people that we know, so the name was out there, so we called him. He comes over and... 
we said, hey, well, take a look at this room. Can you do X, Y, Z type of molding in here? Can you do this work? And he would sit there and he'd go, yeah, yeah, I'd do that for you. And yeah. And, and we take him to the next room. He said, yeah, I, I could do that. And at the end, here's the challenge, you guys. I'm, I'm about five to six weeks out. A lot of work out there right now. And if you want this done, you're going to have to wait for that time period. And we said, okay. He said, I'll email you the bid. And he leaves and he emails us the bid. Uh, we had three other bids. Was he the cheapest bid, Kurt? What do you think? I would think not. He was not. Did we choose him? I would think so. We did. So we paid the guy that was the most expensive that we had to wait the most amount of time for because he was a total persuasion ninja. He came to us via referral. He had that scarcity element to him. He was not available. So did we want him more? <laughs> of course we did. We wanted the guy that everybody we knew had and that we were willing to wait for. And if all of our neighbors and all the people we knew paid the money, what kind of schmucks are we going to look like if we can't pay him the money? Right? <laughs> so he's a very effective persuasion ninja. He's full all the time and able to get a good price. Lots of people willing to charge less than him, but he's a full and he's making lots of money doing what he does. So kudos to you, sir. You are this week's persuasion ninja. Good stuff. Did it by the book. Came in through referral, which is instant trust and your resistance is down. He came to give you a little scarcity, let you know you're going to have to wait for it, so you wanted it more. And just how he didn't jump out and say he could do that, he was actually thinking about it and if he could do it and pondered it. I think he's got about five or six things going for him, and he charged the most and got the business. So don't yeah. fight on price. Do it right. Be influential. Be the ninja, and you'll make more money. Yep, yep. We were actually feeling lucky if he was going to allow us to give him money. <laughs> We'll call that the soup Nazi principle. Yes, the soup from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky if you get a bowl of soup. You That's have to right. do everything right, or there's no soup for you. So I've successfully brought up Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You brought up Seinfeld. I think we've done what we came here to do today. Yeah, we have. That's our, kind of our thing. Well, cross them off the list. Well, let's let's go the extra mile and introduce our guest, Kurt. We have a good guest today. And this is How good? Oh, super good. Is that a way to say <laughs> it? <laughs> think we could do it. Yeah, we're excited. Our guest today is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. If you are a salesperson, if you are an entrepreneur who likes to have that personal development in your life on a regular basis to help keep give you a positive mental attitude and also tangible tools that you can use every day to successfully build your business, you can't miss John Lee Dumas. And part of the reason we wanted to have him on the show is, I don't know, 18 months ago, nobody had heard of John Lee Dumas. Today, he has the biggest podcast there is in business on uh, the Apple iTunes store. And he's grown his business into a huge passive revenue generator. He's a master of content marketing and building trust with your prospects to ultimately get them to hand over the money. I don't think there are very, very many people that are better at this than John Lee Dumas right now, if any at all. And we were lucky enough to have him on the show. So why don't we cut right now to our interview with John Lee Dumas, and we'll be back in just a moment. My pleasure to welcome to the hotline John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. How you doing, John? Steve, I am rocking and rolling and, of course, prepared to ignite. Prepared to ignite. And <laughs> if you don't know what Entrepreneur on Fire is, you've been living in a cave. Uh, John is all over the place right now, has a massively successful podcast, and is all about empowering entrepreneurs to succeed. Don't you release a new podcast every single day, John? 365 days a year. Wow. 
you've got to be on fire to do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, it's even crazier than that because I just launched my second daily podcast, Quotes on Fire, which is another seven-day-a-week podcast. So uh, I'm really having fun with this daily thing. Yeah, that's pretty it. I'd love to talk to you sometime about how you're doing all that because sure. that's a lot of work. But it's uh, I think in this atmosphere, and we've talked about how our, our podcast, Maximize Your Influence, is all about uh, sales, persuasion, influence, and trust. And I think so much of the daily content and getting yourself in front of your audience every day really facilitates that very well. Is that kind of what you're angling for or if you could talk about that? No, absolutely. I mean, the medium of podcasting is really powerful because it's a very intimate connection. Most of the time, you're inside the earbuds of your listeners or you're coming through the car speakers as they're driving to work. And it's just you, your listener, and potentially a guest or two. And it's a really incredible way to build this connection with the person on the other side that really can form this bond. And I'm sure you've had this happen to you before, Steve, but I have people come up to me all the time and say, John, I know this is going to sound weird, and I'm not a creep show, but I know it's going to sound weird. I just feel like I know you. I feel like we're friends because you know, you're know you with me every morning during my workout or every afternoon as I'm commuting home. So I, I just there's this connection, Steve, with the voice that is just really hard to beat. And when you take away the video and the you take away the visual aspect of it and you just have that voice to focus on, really strong connections can develop. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, they're with you every single day. So you might uh, you might be thinking, hey, who is this person? But they've known you their whole life. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm very understanding because I'm the same way with other podcasters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Pat Flynn's, you know, the Tim Ferriss's, the James Altucher's, the podcasts that I listen to all the time, you know, and then fortunately, I'm very lucky. I get to hang out with these people in person, too, as friends. But even then, I'm just like, whoa, it's still kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... If you had to tell somebody, tell our listeners in a couple of minutes, what is Entrepreneur on Fire? What are you trying to do for entrepreneurs out there? So Entrepreneur on Fire was initially, Steve, a scratching of my own itch. You know, I was that guy that was driving to work five days a week, that was hitting the gym multiple days a week, and I was looking for ways to consume content during those hours that was motivating, that was inspiring, that was going to get me to the next level. And Every show was just once a week or twice a month, and it just wasn't enough. I'd find a great show, and I'd go through their back catalog of two years in just two or three weeks. And I was like, where's that seven-day-a-week show where every single morning I can wake up and just know there's a fresh episode waiting for me, you know, whether I want it or not? And I decided to uh, follow Gandhi's great quote and footsteps and be the change that I wanted to see in the world. So... Entrepreneur on Fire was born. It's a seven-day-a-week podcast where I interview today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs and share their journey, really do a deep dive into their past, their failures, lessons learned, their aha moments, steps they've taken to turn those moments into success, their current success and why. And then we have a nice little lightning round to kind of close things down and really uh, give the listeners some great golden nuggets. So that's pretty cool what you said about Gandhi, be the change that you want to see happen, because in this entrepreneurial world, and, and I've kind of used entrepreneurial and sales world uh, interchangeably, yeah. because if you're in sales, let's face it, that's what you are, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. So it can be a grind sometimes. You're out there. This isn't the blueprint that you were given from birth. If you grew up in the United States of America, go to college, get a job, behave yourself and cash out your 401k when you turn 60, Right. And when you take a road that is not that road, 
you hit these bumps. And I think that's great that you've got the daily nourishment for the entrepreneur. Cause if they have to wait another seven days, like you said, I mean, they've, you need all the positive reinforcement, <laughs> all the good stuff you can get. That and also it's just six more entrepreneurs that I as the host get to interact with, get to engage with, get to be mentored by and get to build relationships with. So it's a win, win, win all around. Like I love the seven day week format for that reason. I'm really big, Steve, on the batching technique. So it is a seven day a week show, but I record eight interviews every single Tuesday. That's my studio day. That's the day that I mm-hmm. dedicate to just bring the heat for the entire day. So I love bringing that fresh episode to my listener every single day of the week, but doing it one day a week, all eight interviews to allow me to branch out and to do other things in my business, to have more leverage, more scale, and deliver even more value. Yeah, it's it's definitely about leverage. And one thing that we try to tell our listeners is that you only have so much time in the day. Leverage is important. So you're talking about some of these business techniques, mindset that entrepreneurs can use. We're all about persuasion and influence here. If you can persuade more effective, get more done in less time. As you've built your empire, can I call it an empire? Sure. That's, that's got to be cool, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you've built your empire, what kinds of sales techniques have you found to be very effective or have you found some maybe to be very ineffective? What seems to be working for, for you? The thing that works for us more than anything else is to, number one, have built an audience, which is what we've done by providing free, consistent, and valuable content in the form of a podcast. It could have been in the form of a blog or a YouTube channel. We chose the medium of the audio-only podcast and built an audience because of that free, consistent, valuable content. And once you have that audience, Steve, and that audience is connected to you and they start to know, like, and trust you, they're going to reach out to you via social media, via emails, via other forms of communication, and they're going to say, hey, thank you for what you do. Like, I'm enjoying the show. Or, hey, there's a couple things I like about the show and a couple things I don't like about the show. Like, all of this is great feedback. But the most important thing you can do as a content producer is to respond and say, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. What are you struggling with right now? And then just listen, Steve. Listen to what they come back with. Because you have just opened up this great door, this great Pandora's box where your raving fans, your best listeners, your most engaged listeners are going to tell you their pain points, their struggles, their obstacles, challenges that they're facing, giving you the key to listen to them and provide the solution in the form of products, services, coaching programs galore. It's how we've built every single one of our communities, Fire Nation Elite, our membership mastermind, Podcasters Paradise, which is now the number one podcasting community in the world for people looking to create, grow, and monetize their podcast. And then going into Webinar on Fire, which is how to create and present a webinar that converts. Such powerful stuff because we listened to our audience. Okay, so you've got your audience telling you, here's what I want. And that's just a fantastic recipe for for a persuader, for an entrepreneur, when you have a captive audience and when you know what they want. I mean, you couldn't have it any better than that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the most valuable commodity I think out there right now is somebody's attention span. That's kind of what you're going for with the daily podcast because you've got to compete aggressively. If you want to have somebody's attention and have the opportunity to offer them products and service, and it's this reverse process that a lot of times we think we need to just pound them over the head with, here's what I have, as opposed to give them valuable things that they like up front and then they trust you, 
and then the world is your oyster at that point. So you built that audience, you got it captive, and they trusted you because you dished out content after content. So what beyond that then, now we have a captive audience. We know what they want. That's not necessarily enough all the time. Beyond that, we've got to do some creative marketing, some effective persuasion. What else have you found to be effective as you've built your business? So there's a lot of things that I found to be effective, but even one point I want to make right here where we're at right now in this conversation is people, Steve, will tell you what their pain points are, what their struggles and obstacles are, but that doesn't ensure or dictate that they will actually pay for a solution. People only truly vote with their wallets. So with Podcasters Paradise and Webinar on Fire, both of those communities that we created, we didn't spend a minute creating the physical video tutorials, website products themselves until we simply did this, created an outline, a wireframe, which is just a bullet pointed list of what these communities would be if we got proof of concept. Then we just drove traffic to a live webinar through our email list, through Facebook ads and said, okay, you, my audience, Fire Nation said that you want this. We are going to create exactly this. And I took them through everything that Podcasters Paradise would be, everything that Webinar on Fire would be. We haven't created this yet, but in 45 days, we will open the doors if today enough of you prove this concept and become early bird adopters. And if we don't get enough, we're going to refund the money of anybody who has uh, become an early bird adopter. And we're going to go off and find something else to create because we're not going to spend our time, energy, and effort creating something that people aren't willing to put money down for right now to prove our concepts. And in both of those cases, Steve, Podcasters Paradise and Webinar on Fire, we did over $5,000 in pre-sales with people knowing that the doors wouldn't be open for 45 days, but that they were getting a discount because they were becoming that early bird adopter and they were proving our concept. And both of those live webinars proved to us it's worth our time, energy, and effort. We sat down, created those products, those services, those communities, opened the doors on time. And since then, Podcasters Paradise went from that $7,000 proof of concept idea to now over $1.1 million in sales from October 31st of 2013. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. And it sounds, it sounds so simple to, <laughs> what do you want? Okay, here it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they always say it's kind of one of those things where you're talking to a friend at a cocktail party and they just say to you, um, yeah, I'm having this struggle. And you're like, oh, I have the perfect thing for that. And they're like, oh my God, I would totally buy that. You're like, oh, well, I have it in my car. I'll go grab it for you right now. And then you judge their face. Whether, whether you have it in your car or not, just look at their face and see if they're like all of a sudden terrified because you just called them out or excited because you actually have it. Yeah. And you've used a really great scarcity too with that early adoption thing. It, uh, it creates that psychology. I mean, and it is legitimately a product that they asked for, but they know, hey, I'm going to get to test. I get to be on the front end of the spear here. I, I bet that created a, a huge frenzy. And it sounds like on the based on the numbers you told me, it, it certainly did. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's about questions. And what I'm getting from you is people start to engage you once you have the trust. So persuaders, everybody listening today, you get that trust. And using John's template here. It's all about how you ask that next question of what are you struggling with? What, what is your biggest obstacle in business today? And asking, like you said, you're, you're doing that terrified litmus test, right? 
when you ask that question with the trust, then the person is going to feel okay to answer because it's already there. But when they make that terrified, terrified face, like you said, then clearly the trust wasn't there. And you've got to go back to the drawing board on the trust factor, don't you? Well, the trust and maybe the true desire wasn't there. I mean, maybe the pain point is there, but just not enough where they will part with actual money for it. And that's important to know, too. So you do a lot of mass marketing, a lot of mass persuasion. So maybe this question is kind of a curveball. How would you tell if the pain point is really there, can you tell that in advance or for you, is it just a numbers game? No, the pain point is there. If people will take money out of their wallets and pay you for it before it even exists. That's the whole reason we do these pre webinar sales is because they only will vote with their wallets. That is how people really operates. You know, they will tell you all day long that this is the worst thing in the world and they wish there was something there for it. And they might really think that, but until they vote with their wallets, it doesn't exist. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, what advice would you give to new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs who are kind of, they're down in the weeds, they're working hard. And, you know, when you get in, involved in that day to day stuff, that dream that started that fire that got you going, it's a little harder to see on some days. You know, <laughs> so, some days you go to bed and you're like, okay, Tuesday, you win, right? Uh, I'll catch you next week. It was a bad day today, but. <laughs> What advice would you give them? Because you've certainly been through that, starting an idea totally from scratch. I mean, you had no road to follow here. So down days are going to happen, and the roller coaster of emotions are going to happen for every entrepreneur at every stage in their game. Everybody's going to face that. That's why it's so important, Steve, to be surrounding yourself with the right people, is to have a mentor that you can reach out to and say, listen, this is what I'm dealing with right now. Can I talk to you about this for a little while? And having that mentor, someone that you know, like, trust, and respect, having a conversation with you about your issues, about why you might be down in the dumps, and then being part of a mastermind. I have a, it's a total three-person mastermind, myself and two other entrepreneurs who are at really similar points in their careers as I am. And we get together every single week and we air these issues. What was, you know, what our successes were in the past week? Because it's really important to celebrate those successes. But just as importantly, What's kind of holding us back? What are we kind of feeling negatively about? And talking about that as well. And then talking about the future plans and how we can support each other in those ventures. And so these are a couple things that every entrepreneur needs to surround themselves with. Because as Jim Rohn, the late, great Jim Rohn said, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So Steve, I make sure the people that I spend the most time with are rising my tide instead of lowering it. Because all ships will rise in a high tide. So we're, we're not telling you listeners here to just go out and fire and get rid of all the negative people in your life, but we're not not saying it either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, hey, if you look around and the five people that you're spending the most time with are negative people, then it's not time to fire them from your life, but it's time to move them to the back of the bus and bring in some new people who you know are going to inspire you, motivate you, be positive and genuinely care about what you care about and understands what you want to be understood for. That's critical. Right. In this entrepreneurial world, uh, good ideas are very important, but it's execution over the long term that is the most important. And if you're surrounded by five negative people, you're just not going to have the staying power to execute, period. So true. Yeah. Well, this is all great stuff, uh, John. Where can the listeners learn more? Well, Steve, all the magic happens at eofire.com. We do a completely free 
live podcast workshop every single week. For anybody that's listening, they're like, I think it's kind of cool what Steve and John are doing right now. And maybe you have a voice, you have a message that you want to get out there in the world. And this podcast workshop just basically shares with you exactly how to do just that. And, you know, when I was alluding to the success that we have on live webinars earlier and how we sell 91% of our products and services during these live webinars, we created a free webinar workshop that we hold twice a month. And you can sign up for both of those. They're completely free at um, eofire.com. Well, there you go. That's John Lee Dumas. And you can see he has generated tons of revenue. I, I really love that his cost is so low. I mean, podcasting is a virtual business. And his entire business is completely virtual. And when he built up a huge audience and asked that question of, tell me what you're struggling with in your business today, I thought, Kurt, that that was just really a, I don't want to call it fancy. It was more of a simple way of getting to the pain. And that's what he did. He built trust by bringing good content over and over to his audience. And then he asked him what they wanted. They told him and he gave it to him. I mean, it doesn't sound that complicated, but he's made millions of dollars doing it. I think it's a pretty cool business model. It's not complicated, but I think very few people do that to where you don't want to do anything for free, but sometimes you got to prove your worth. You got to build that confidence. You got to show people you, you are the expert. And he does that in a great way. Then he goes out and says, Hey, what are you looking for? What do you want? And fulfills that need, becomes the expert. And again, has that trust and that relationship. And that turns into a long term customer and client. And that's great why model. he's been so big. I mean, he took the whole prove your worth in advance so that people will trust you and become customers. I mean, he did that with shock and awe style, right? He just left no doubt whatsoever that he was a huge authority on content and information for entrepreneurs. So now he's got this database. He's got this following that any time he can go to it and he can say, what do you want? And they don't doubt that he has the resources to give it to him. And they know that's exactly what's happening. And he owns it. And uh, he, he's been great. You know, very, very successful podcaster and one of the very successful young entrepreneurs to come on the scene in the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, great stuff. Yep. All right, everybody, thanks so much. Remember, continue listening to the show via iTunes, via Stitcher Radio, via Windows Marketplace. Send us your comments, questions, insults, derogatory remarks, ninjas, homers, any of that kind of stuff to maximize your influence at gmail.com, and we will catch you on another episode next week. See you next week. 